And there's two things that bind human beings. One is promises. That's what binds us together is a promise. That's what separates a group from a team because we have promises together as a team. We're in a group. We don't have any promises. And we're in a team. We got promises. We have a shared outcome that we're committed to. The only other thing that binds human beings on a psychological level is bitterness. Why misery loves company? Because of bitterness. Have you ever found yourself committed to something that no longer works for you, like a relationship, project, task, or an event? Um, duh. Welcome to the human experience. Have you felt trapped or struggled to know how to get out of that commitment with integrity? If so, you're going to love this conversation. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad, and this is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-hosts and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There's no conversation too risky. In this episode, Adrian and I sit down and chat about how to renegotiate a commitment with integrity and dignity. I particularly loved Adrian's distinction about what a promise is, and sometimes we think we have a promise, and really all we've really done is created an idea. I can't wait for you to listen. Let's dive in. Adrian, so good to be with you, brother. Yeah, man. So glad I'm here. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Boom. We can make it if we try. Just Let's the try. two Let's of try. us. Let's try. Yeah. I'm going to try. What is it? Trying is lying, Adrian. Trying is lying. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's like I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm committed to making this work. That's right. That's right. If we were boots, boot camp style coaches, if you said the word try, we would say trying is lying. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We do. People do the, uh, the kind of joke for listeners. If you, if you don't know what that is. So a lot of times when we do this, uh, four day experience called the revenant process, um, we'll point out the kind of purpose of the word trying and how we utilize the word trying to get ourselves off the hook, but all, but look like we're actually doing something, but it's like a phantom. It's a phantom promise, right? So there's not much substance to it. And, uh, it's like so a cardboard anyway, stand up right on. <laughs> it's like, I'm here, but it's just a cardboard stand up. Don't I look so good? Hey, that kind of leads well into our topic today, I think. Um, so let's, let's set up a little scenario here. Oh, by the way, yes, I, I do want to mention, it is just the two of us. We're missing Dan Takini today, and uh, that's, a, that's a big hole to feel uh, physically and uh, spiritually and ph- philosophically and all of the things. So um, bummed he's not with us today, but I'm excited to dive into this conversation with you. Yeah, it's, it's too bad he had that HR issue and we had to take him off this podcast. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> If only he'd just keep all of his personal opinions to himself. I know, he's so mouthy. <laughs> all right, so here's the scenario. Ready? Um, I invite you to go to the movies with me. We're going to go see, um, I don't know. I don't know what's out right now. Crazy Train. Is that what it's called? Crazy Train? No, that's uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, Bullet Train. Bullet Train, yeah. New um, Amsterdam is actually the thing that just came out. Amsterdam. I want to see that. All right. So I've invited you to Amsterdam. We're going to go check that out. We've decided it's Friday, Friday evening. We're going to meet together at the movie theater. 
and you you uh, you oblige. You're like, yeah, that sounds like a good time, man. Let's go. And um, you know, it's Monday when we make the agreement, and then something comes up on Wednesday that either makes it so you know you can't make it on time. It's going to be a tight schedule, or maybe you just don't want to do it anymore. Um, and there is, there is a socially accepted idea around commitments that, well, let's just, let's just explore. Okay. So at this point you have options, you have lots and lots of options, um, about how you relate to this commitment. Let's just get on the table just so people can start to recognize themselves in some of these behaviors. Let's just get out on table. What are some of our options at this? What are some of your options at this point and how you relate to the commitment? Yeah. Well, what hits me first is uh, let me maybe bore us for a second, but let me talk about um, what happened on Monday. So, so first off, whenever like we've got some kind of agreement on here's what's going to happen on Friday, like on Monday, we said what's going to happen on Friday. We call that in, in-house for us, or when, we're, when we are working with clients, we call that a promise, right? So what's a promise? It's a declaration about the future. This is a future that's going to happen, right? So I already write the future. On Monday, I write the future saying at seven o'clock on Friday, we're going to meet at this place and do this thing. That's a promise. Now, some people aren't making a promise, although they seem like they are. <laughs> good, good. Yes. Right. So they're saying words, but they don't really mean it. And, and by the way, that's totally fine, but it's good for you to get clear with yourself about if you mean what you say, or if you're just talking, right? If I just let the words come out my mouth, or if I'm actually orienting my life around what I say, and if I orient my life around what I say, that's a promise. Yes. I'm actually making a note right now for a future episode how to know if you have a promise. Yes. Yes. Well, we ought to, because I mean, a lot of, a lot of frustrations happen because, you know, they say somebody let me down um, because an expectation wasn't met, but there wasn't explicitness in, you know, the relationship. There was a lot of implicitness or a lot of under the table or a lot of assumptions, you know, and what's the old recovery phrase An an unspoken expectation is a pre-planned resentment. So, Anyway, on Monday, it's good to notice, did I make a promise or not? Or was I just talking about what might be nice to have happen on Friday? So if we're assuming here that somebody actually made a promise, like, hey, Chad, you and I are going to meet on Friday at seven o'clock. So that's a statement about the future. And if, and if I do, and I even want to correct myself a second, if I then do, if I take that promise and then orient my life around it, and I actually do whatever it takes to make that happen. Like I take everything both externally in my world and internally in my world and shape it around keeping my word, keeping my promise. That's called a commitment, right? So I take the idea and make it a lifestyle. That's a commitment. Right on. And when you say whenever, do whatever it takes, that's, that is individual, right? So for me, it it may mean renegotiating my Friday night with Katie saying, hey, I'm, I'm making this plans with Adrian. Uh, I'm committed to doing it. I know typically you and I, we walk to coffee on Friday evening. I, c- can we renegotiate that so that I can do this with Adrian? 
Um, or it may look like just making sure that it's on my calendar so that nothing else can get scheduled so that whoever puts things on my calendar can't put something on my calendar. So I just want to be explicit about that. I also wanted to be like just Captain Obvious here for a second and and talk about like we're talking about this in the context of two friends going to to the movie, but this has every parallel to leadership. Consistently, you are making and accepting promises and commitments from people, with people. Um, so just, I just want to be, I, just, I don't want to lose people in the analogy and, and, and not um, draw that direct line to leadership. So continue on. I love what you're talking, I love what you're doing here, the setup on Monday. That's great. So it's good for us to check in as if we're just collecting options for the future or if we're making promises for the future. And my caveat here is that if you want to be someone that's trusted, you better lean towards or live in promises. That's where trust happens. If you're somebody that just issues options and as if they're promises, you have a world of heartache around you. They might not bring it up. They just talk about you when you're not around. Like, oh, and I've got friends like this. Uh, old friends. They're not really friends anymore. Um, but, you know, it's like, oh, let's meet at six. I know he doesn't mean that. And so he's just going to come when it's convenient for him. And over time, that becomes troubling. That becomes bothersome, at least for your guy like me that actually wants to, you know, use my time well, live in a respectful relationship, have some bit of expectations around um, honor and all that type of stuff. So, when you're making those, it's good. It's good to just notice, even as you're listening, kind of what type of what type of person, or what type of word you carry. Yeah, and can I say this? Uh, you, we all know that person when they're like, "Yeah, I'll be there," and you're like, "Yeah, fucking right." Uh, we'll see. You know that sort of thing. And <laughs> if you don't know that person, you might be that person. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, I live in L.A. Most most of this world where L.A. is well known for for being at least fashionably late or whatever we might say. Um, so back to it. So that was the tee up. Yeah. Now, so that's Monday. Right. So then something happens on Wednesday. Something happens on Wednesday. Let's say my my then let's say we made a promise on Monday. Something happens on Wednesday that threatens my promise. You know, because it's still not Friday yet, but something comes up that occurs to me that my promise is threatened. So now I've got a couple. I've got a. I've got a couple. To, I've got a fork in the road. Um, I can jump down a lot of complexity about how to talk through this, but let's let's try to keep it approachable. Um, we have only under 30 minutes. Okay, good. So something comes up, some situation, even some small thing, some medium-sized thing, some big thing, something that might be a huge priority comes up, you know, or it comes to mind and I wasn't thinking. I, it, it reveals to me that I made a promise on Monday that I hadn't considered, you know, even my priorities, like, you know, or something new happened. Like if Chad and I were planned to go to the movies and then Ali said, hey, this is happening and I really need you to be here. I want you to be here. I need you to be here on Friday. Right. Or Ali says, hey, what uh, like what about Charlie? You know, I'm excited for Charlie's football game 
on Friday evening and you're like, oh, shit. Yep. It happened for me this week where on Thursday nights, I've got a gig right now. It's called having Grant's team over for, you know, for pizza. And at halftime of the Thursday night football game, my living room becomes a locker room. And Grant likes me to stand up and say some stuff to the team, um, which I'm always frightened by and really exhilarated by. And it's always worth it and awesome. And, you know, even just last week, it was really humbling and sweet. He said, people don't come for the pizza, dad. They come for you. <laughs> and, and which is sweet, very sweet and humbling and awesome. The only constant in an organization like yours is change. I want to take just a second to tell you about The Change Imperative, an ebook written by our very own Dan Takini. Let me ask you, how do you personally relate to change in your business? Does it feel like a threat at times? Does it ever feel like you can't keep up with it or it never happens fast enough? Are there certain players on your team that resist change and keep your company stuck? Growth, change, and transition these intersections often come with confusion, frustration, and resistance. You can flip those experiences into clarity, confidence, and alignment with the Change Imperative ebook. The Change Imperative is instructions for innovating with your team. Go ahead and click on the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Change Imperative now and feel confident about creating the change in your company necessary to take it to the next level. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Grant is Adrian's senior in high school son who is also on the varsity football team. That's right. That's right. And what hit me this week was two months ago, I'd said yes to going to this nonprofit gala and it's on Thursday night. So it hits me this week that, oh shit, I've got a, an assumed promise. I didn't tell him hey, I'm going to be here every Thursday night, count on me. There's now just an assumed promise that I'm here on Thursday nights. And now all of a sudden this Thursday night, I'm not going to be here because of somebody else I made a promise to. Now I'm, now I'm struck. So I'm kind of outside of your analogy and now I'm working on a real one. That's well, I like that life. better. It's way higher stakes than us going to the movies. Yeah. So first thought is, oh shit, I'm going to disappoint Grant. That's first thought. And this matters to me. My relationship to him matters to me. And... So I immediately started thinking through what are ways for me to keep my promise? That's one as the, as the road kind of splits into options. That's one of them. One question I could be in is there, are there alternative ways to keep my promise? Like it's both not, of them, the gala and halftime. That's right. What are ways? And I immediately thought, okay, I'm going to record something. I'll just record a video, you know? And I actually brought that to him last night. And he, and he said to me back in return, he said, well, can you just FaceTime in? I thought, oh, that's great. He's giving me something I didn't even think about. So I could keep my word to him. And it seems like now I've actually got an opportunity to renegotiate my promise to the gala and saying, hey, this is the, this is the time the thing starts. Does it really start then? Or is there some silent auction thing? And so I can actually keep, do both the things that matter to me. One is support this nonprofit I care about. I was on the board of for a long time. They've got a 40th anniversary thing. It's important for them. Multiple people reached out to me. Can you please come? Blah, blah, blah. Yes. And keep my word to Grant. So all of a sudden now, because my word matters to me, I'm going to find a way 
live in a both and world and have both of them happen. Yeah. So can I pause you for just a second? Because you're you're talking pro ball right now. Uh, this is like, uh, you know, this is to the punch. You can live in yes and, and you can, often you can live in yes and, you can have both. It takes some negotiation. What I wanted to, I just want to point out, just so people can start to recognize some of their own behaviors maybe that aren't working in renegotiation or non-renegotiation of commitments, right? So what to, to me, what Adrian's talking about right now is pro style. That's like, how do I have it all? And who do I need to talk to? What do I need to be, what do I need to put into place? What are possibilities? How do I be honest about my misstep? All of that stuff is like pro ball. So let's just back up a minute and, and just play amateur hour for, for just one second. I want to, I don't want to dwell here, but like amateur hour, what are your options if you're not committed to living your word, if you're not committed to grant and you're not committed to the gala, you know, it were, they were just as I loved what you said, collecting ideas. (laughs) That's, that's really fun for me. Like I'm just out there collecting ideas of what I could do with people. Sure. Um, (laughs) if you were just collecting ideas, what might some of the options look like? Well, first you have to decide that you don't really give a shit about your impact on people. So, and that's kind of a punchy way. Sorry. I'm I'm a little, I'm a little punchy today. I've just gotten off of five coaching calls in a row. So I'm all amped up over here. So, but I have to actually practice some apathy. That's a nicer way of saying I have to practice some apathy that my word doesn't matter. Um, and me issuing promises, it's okay. They didn't really take me seriously. They know me, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, back to your question though. I'm always thinking contextually what, what someone must be thinking in order to justify an action. So sorry, that naturally leaks out of me. Um, what are, what are your options? Usually if something competes with my word, I can either, I I've got kind of an internal external. That's where I first think, I think what's running my life. Um, and if I think circumstances are running my life, then I just give up my promise and blame the circumstance for that, which we do all the time. We do it, you know, invisibly. We just like, oh, it just happens. Hey, I was going to do that. Sorry, I can't because. And whatever's after the because, that's what we're deciding is now. We don't think of it this way. We definitely don't say it this way. But now that thing's going to run my life and not my word. So we just kind of pick one and move on. And we don't, and there's lots of things we don't do, which is, um, you know, inquire into the impact of that decision. We don't inquire into um, the impact on myself. We don't inquire. I mean, this is why most people struggle with confidence is because they break the word to themselves consistently. So I don't trust the most important person for me to trust, which is me, myself. And if I don't trust myself, I'll say I don't have confidence, but it's because I've conned myself and I've not been myself. I've not been the self that I'd be proud to be which is a person of integrity. And in this scenario, in that, with that frame, you could have just gone to Grant and just said, hey, Grant, got this work thing, man, this gala, totally forgot about it, not going to be there for halftime. And, he, and he's got so much love for you that he probably would have just said, oh, yeah, no, no problem, Adrian. I understand. It's great. Like, go do your thing. Grant's very understanding, blah, blah, blah. But you knew what impact that would have on Grant and your relationship and your trust. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And and it's homecoming week. 
even added to that. This is not a small game. You know, I'm actually thinking about of all the weeks for me to miss, I'm going to miss homecoming game. What, what's that like? What would that be like for them, for the guys in the room? I'm channeling in that because I want that to concern me. Um, but that might be, anyway. That might Another be option that you have, which I see very, very common, right? So there's that blame, blame the circumstance. I can't do it. There's this thing. It's out of my control, you know, blah, 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 whatever. There's also the uh, just blow it off. Oh, I see. I see that. It, it shocks me how often I see that. It's just like, just don't show up. No warning, no nothing. Even maybe even, I mean, I don't even, for me, this is even just as bad as like a, you know, two, three minutes before. Hey, sorry, not going to make it. Yep. Yep. Sorry. Something else came up. Yep. Not going to make it today. Hope they don't notice. I mean, there's a, let's, let's make a business example of this. I'm talking to a guy yesterday. He's got a big task ahead of him. He's got, one of his leaders that he's investing in and believes in and needs, he gave him a, he gave him a task. Let's say he gave him a task two months ago to put together a certain presentation in order to be able to teach that division. And he was this leader I was talking to was, was telling me yesterday is that it's been two months and the guy hasn't, you know, hasn't returned with this presentation, which is this thing that he could teach. And he was telling me like, I can't believe this guy hasn't gotten it back to me. Um, reality is he hasn't asked him about it either. Like the guy, he walked away from the conversation. The guy said he would put it together. There was no teeth in the agreement. There wasn't a, Hey, can you get this to me by yes, no what, do by it. when, no, yeah. what, by when, no, Hey, you're going to get it to me by Tuesday into business. None of that. And so now they imagine the, you know, that it's in the, it's in the room. Like there's awkwardness in the room because there's this thing now we're not talking about and resentment's growing on the guy that I was talking to. It's a um, big pink elephant stomping on everybody, shitting on everything. That's right. That's right. And it is, it is, it is, it is actively eroding trust and we're still not talking about it. And he's giving him the cover of, Oh, I think he's just busy right now. And Anyway, there, my, my point is, is that there's impact on avoided, um, what we would call like open loops. Like the, we, they haven't closed the loop on that. And so there's a, prom there's a promise that was issued. It wasn't a promise. It was actually a suggestion. I mean, it wasn't a request. It was a suggestion. The guy said yes, and he didn't mean it. Um, based on results, at least for now, he didn't mean it. And now there's a breach in the relationship. This is and the only thing, there's two things. We talk about this in our trainings all the time. There's two things that bind human beings. One is promises. That's what binds us together is a promise. That's what, that's what separates a group from a team because we have promises together as a team. We're in a group, we don't have any promises. And we're in a team, we got promises. We, got this, we have a shared outcome that we're committed to. Um, the only other thing that binds human beings on a psychological level is bitterness. Why misery loves company? Because of bitterness. So they're bound. Like they were bound by the, the you know, Grant and I, let's go back to us. Grant and I are bound by this kind of, it's, it's an implicit promise. It's not explicit. Once again, I didn't promise him I'd be there every Thursday, but there is this implicit promise. And I live as if it is, obviously. That's why I brought it up this way. I live as if it is a promise. Um, it's definitely a commitment to me, for, for me. Um, and we're bound together. Buy it. And so to act like 
you know, when I just kind of fluff it off and, oh, he's not, he's not going to care anymore, which is convenient and gets me off the hook from feeling the pain of a broken promise. But we can easily, I'm giving way too much context on a very simple thing you said, which is right on, is like we can just avoid it and act like there's no repercussions when we break our word. Yeah. And each, one thing you're pointing out in your example is that each person has a contribution to the non, to the non-commitment expectation, right? So I, I, another scenario that I'm coaching a client through right now is he, uh, two executives working together on a project, which is training videos, uh, from the technical side and from the, um, the, the, the operations side, right. And they're tasked together to, to kind of take on this, this thing. And the operations executive is in charge of producing the training videos. The technical, uh, executive is in charge of monitoring, making sure that it's correct, making sure that it's can, you know, that it's going to get the point across that there's that all of the information is right. All of that sort of stuff. Right. And I'm working with the, the, the client on the technical side. And he finds some things in the trainings that aren't right. And he shoots off an email, clickety, clack, 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 clack. This isn't right. This is right. Sends it off to her. And he tells me in our conversation, she doesn't keep her promises. She doesn't keep her word. He said, oh, really? Tell me what, what's going on. He said, well, I sent her an email about everything that was wrong with the training videos and that hasn't been fixed. And I said, well, what have you done? Like, how did you, and he told me the story about how he wrote the, wrote her the email and, you know, all of this sort of stuff. And, and, and my question was, well, you know, how, how's your follow-up been? Did you get a what by when? What, you know, what was, what you, you didn't have a promise. You actually didn't even make a request. <laughs> all you had was an idea that you threw out there and you assumed now you had a promise. Right. So there was breakdown on both sides or there was contribution to the breakdown on both sides. And I think that's just like I just wanted to keep that top of mind is like you have if you have broken promises in your life, people are breaking promises to you as a founder, as, a, as somebody who's consistently making or assuming promises all day long. If you have people breaking those promises to you, you have a contribution to that. Yes. And a lot of people give themselves credit that a complaint is the same thing about a, as is the same thing as a request. <laughs> yes. You know, sending somebody an email about what's not working isn't the same as sending them, e sending them an email about what's not working and saying, Hey, can you get this fixed by this date? Or, or here's my complaint. Do you agree? Are we on? Are we off? Or are we in alignment? If so, can you, you know, it's like that. And we don't do that because it's a lot more vulnerable, you know, or we're stuck in a judgment of somebody and we just do it to satisfy ourselves. Right on, right on. So let's, let's just finish if that's all right. Let's talk, finish by talking about the anatomy of a commitment. Um, what is, and we've mentioned a few of them already, but I think it could be helpful to, uh, to really go through kind of the anatomy of how do we know we have a commitment or what does a commitment actually look like uh, opposed to uh, an idea um, or a complaint? What's, what is the difference or the distinction? How does a, 
it, it starts with a request. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some kind of, there's some kind of declaration, right? So some kind of declaration, there's always some kind of promise or request. Because a request is is a declaration for the future. It is a it is a um, a line in the sand that gets a yes or no, right? So it it calls action forward. You know all the you know, famously salespeople when they get somebody on the phone, they'll say, "Hey, can you grab a can you grab a pen before we get to hey I'm Adrian blah 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 can you grab a pen before can you grab a pen and something to write on." which is a request and gets people into action and it actually builds trust. And then they end up talking about whatever they want to talk about, but they get, they test the waters to see if there's enough trust that someone's going to take action. So that's why a request is a declaration. It generates a future or it, it opens up the space for a future to happen really. And then people either participate in that or not. So any kind of commitment starts with some kind of declaration, either in a promise or a request. Now, to, to shift into a commitment is is the internalization um, of the of the issuer or the recipient of the promise of the request. Internalization means I take it personally, like it is mine. I it I, it becomes the navigational tool, the navigational uh, what I want to say navigational. Uh, process by which I navigate the waters, right? It's now a, it is now a, um, um, I'm missing the words here, but now I'm going to make decisions based on the promise that I made. And that is a, we usually explain this and I'll do it very briefly, like a etymologically promise is to send forth. I send forth my word. Um, etymologically commitment is I, I go, I send with I go with my word. So I am my word. That's a commitment. So that's part of the part of the anatomy to your question is I internalize it. It becomes me. I am my word. So I take it personally and I actually take into account um, the future that 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 living my word means. Or if I break my word, I take that into account. That matters to me. And I will repair that as quickly as possible and get up and go again repair whatever needs to be repaired. If Grant was really frustrated with me and I care about Grant, which I do, and I care about my word, which I do, I would listen. I would really be, hey, let's talk about it. Let's talk about how it affected you because, because there's something beyond, like there's something beyond the promise. There's a relationship. There's a future beyond the promise, beyond this current moment that I'm building into. And my, that my promises are my way of generating the future that I want, big picture. Right on. So the, the beauty, I always tell my clients this, especially when we're reviewing our agreements and our commitments to each other, I always tell them an agreement can always be renegotiated. An agreement can always be renegotiated. Everything's up for negotiation. And if we want to live our word or live as our word, the commitments that we make with each other can always be renegotiated because something new is going to come up. Things change. And so the, the idea of this conversation that I just want to really drive home and then I'll give you the last word is like, the opportunity is to be in integrity. You can be in integrity with your commitments, even in a renegotiation, but it takes you being willing to see what else is possible with the person you have the commitment to. Yep. 
Yeah. In my example, Grant brought up Grant brought up ways in which I could do it that I hadn't thought about doing it. I was going to settle for a recording. He said, oh, FaceTime, even better. And then it even brought something new up for me. It's like, hold on, maybe I can renegotiate the other side so that it, we can all get it done and everybody gets to win. And yeah, if I wanted to, to like abandon, abandon the commitment I have to him as a stepdad, then I just wouldn't care. And I would just settle for, um, um, settle, you know, settle for the life that my circumstances gave me instead of navigating my circumstances and forming my circumstances around my word. Yeah. What do you think? This is so applicable, especially to a father son, uh, relationship. What do you, I mean, where does that put your word to grant in importance? Like, what I'm, what I'm getting at, I, I, I'm trying to craft some special question or something like that, but I'll just get right to it and I'll just say it. Like, um, so many kids grow up feeling like they're second to their dad's work or their dad, whatever their dad's agenda is. And, and I just think this type of negotiation, um, Grant, feel, he, I'm assuming he feels important he feels like he actually has a, a say that you value his input in the commitment enough to actually check in with him and it's no different with our teams the people that we work with same sort of thing i want you to know that my commitment matters and so if something changes i want you in that process with me yeah oh i think it's pinnacle i think i think I mean, I meet, uh, work with all these like fast moving executives. There's always tension between their commitments at work, which have dollar signs connected to it. And, and some of them fame connected to it and, um, you know, significance connected to it. Uh, there's always this tension between them as a corporate player or as a business leader and them as dad or them as mom, there's a tension. And they don't integrate those conversations. And it's usually the work wins and they're apologetic at home. And apology is a defense for, by the way, it's, that's what that means. I've made an, I've made a defense for why I can't instead of really setting the table where I am going to let my kids down and I'm going to let my coworkers down. That's going to happen. Like, I'm not going to meet their expectations. I'm not even going to meet my own expectations. And that's just a part of it. And showing our humanity um, is how we really meant, is part, a big part of how we mentor people, is showing our humanity. And I want Grant to see me struggling to keep my word as a human. I want him to see me struggling to keep my word to him, like struggling when necessary, to keep my word to him as a stepfather. And caring that, you know, the big picture, our legacy together is what matters most to me. We're going to, I'm going to forget. I'm, I don't even remember what I said the first weekend. I'm going to forget what I said homecoming night on this Thursday, but we're not going to forget that, you know, that I was there, that I was committed to him in the process. And this already means a ton to him, you know? So integration and um, that's really kind of the, the heart of leadership. Like, am I concerned? Am I willing to envelop the concerns of my people and care enough about them that they're going to affect me? Um, that we leave that at, we leave that at the doorstep whenever we're just trying to look good in our own eyes, which when we avoid 
the consequences of our broken commitments, that's what we're doing. We're just trying to look good in our own eyes and pass responsibility on the circumstances, which we pay the price for. Yeah, beautiful, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, brother. Bye-bye, everybody. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.